We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. On today's show, Fachi and I recap all of All-Star Weekend up until the All-Star Game. And I'm going to do a quick recap of that. The Eastern Conference All-Stars, led by yours truly, Tyrese Halliburton, defeated the Western Conference All-Stars 211 to 186 in a game that had no defense, but a lot of three-point shooting, a lot of missed dunks, a lot of good dunks. But let's just get right into it. Your, your Indiana Pacers point guard, Tyrese Halliburton, had 32 points on 11 of 15 shooting, seven rebounds, six assists. Was a plus 16 for the game, had 32 points. Tyrese Halliburton ended up being the runner-up for the MVP of the game. The person that ended up taking home the trophy, who got booed when he was awarded the award, Damian Lillard, he had 39 points, but on 14-26 shooting. A little bit interesting there. 11 more shots for Damian Lillard than Tyrese Halliburton. And, uh, you know, he did have two half-court shots. It looked pretty good, you know. I will say this: both played a really good game. It's uh, it's a tough one there, right? You know, they they want the fans to vote on the on the NBA app, but you know, it's uh, it could have definitely went to Tyrese, and the fans were not happy that Tyrese did not get awarded with that because he had a much more efficient game. And you can definitely say that Tyrese deserved the MVP for this game, especially since he hit the three that gave the Eastern Conference All Stars two hundred points, making that an NBA record. Uh, you know, first time ever that there's 200 points scored in an all-star game. They finished with 211 and Dame did have to go and hit some shots after Tyrese hit like eight in a row, seven in a row, something like that. So at the end of the game there, so, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, I, I do respect what he did dealing with the hamstring, didn't play out of his mind, but he had five threes in a row in the first quarter, had 15 points and it was just crazy. He was getting double teamed because uh, the West All-Stars had to get the ball out of his hands and then Dame started shooting the ball like crazy. So, you know, I, I definitely could feel there was a little bit of Bucks pacers rivalry going on there. Giannis and Dame were, you know, trying to be nice and give the ball to Tyrese. And there's no, like, bad blood there. But th there's definitely some negative feelings towards the Pacers, obviously. This is, I think, the first time the Bucks have actually won in Indiana this year. So, kind of weird to say that. But, hey, you know what? Doc Rivers, 3-7 and seven on the season. Finally got another win. So, 25% of Doc Rivers' wins have come one from the All-Star game. So pretty funny stuff there. But with that being said, I thought Tyrese Halliburton did a great job. That the Sid did a great job of hosting this entire event. 
babyface absolutely killed. He slayed on on the opening of the national anthem. I thought he did a great job. And then just playing the, the guitar backwards is so cool too to me. And then you've also got, you know, the great Troy Pepper doing an amazing job introducing the All-Stars. I just absolutely loved it. So a lot of cool things happened today. Great to see Reggie on the call in Indiana, Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson, just a lot of great Indiana connections all over. A really cool moment. But me and Fachi are going to jump right into this, talk about everything that happened All-Star Weekend, Matherin versus Ivy, the skills challenge, uh, people crapping on the city for no reason, maybe some things they could do differently moving forward. We talk about it all. So hope you guys are here and have enjoyed the weekend. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of Pacers representation, and and they did as well. The Pacers players that represented the city, everybody involved did a great job. So uh, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to bring on Chris Denary for the intro. We're going to get right into our episode with me and Fachi. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the Wizards win the game. In 49 states, it's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to 
Pacers Podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. We got Pacers hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All facts. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gold. I'm joined today by the all-star fan himself, Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how's it going, brother? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. We had some great representation this weekend thus far. We were obviously we were recording this before the All-Star game, but we have actually had quite a few uh, you know, fun events so far between you know the, the Rising Stars Challenge, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, uh, and and just Overall, I think Indiana's uh, represented so far this weekend. Alex, what, what's been your early thoughts of All-Star Weekend? Yeah, I think it's been awesome. You know, I, I am a little bit bummed that it snowed like crazy on Friday night, so it did make it a little bit tough to get around downtown. But I will say it's been a great representation in terms of just the city and how well the Pacers have represented it. I think it started really in the celebrity celebrity game, Ron Artest, was playing with Stephen A. Smith's team, and so that was fun to see him out there uh, he went from a defensive player of the year in 2003, 2004, Fachi, to a big man, a center uh, in this game. And I thought that was hilarious seeing Ron not in the greatest of shape. And then you go over just another building after Lucas Oil had the celebrity game. Gambridge Fieldhouse has the incredible Rising Stars game. And we got to see two Pacers really kind of show out. Benedict Matherin winning the MVP and Oscar Shiba getting a poster dunk on Walker Kessler. So I just thought... Wow, that was a really fun night. It really was. And I I love for Matherin. It's like we we knew this. We knew this last year. We knew it this year. This is the type of like competition, the type of challenge that he really sinks his teeth into and is like, I'm gonna make a statement. And he called his shot. He wanted to not only win it, but he wanted to win MVP. And he did. He went out there specifically in game one, dropping 18 points. Um, also ended up hitting the game winner. Um, and then, so I just feel like he had his um his fingerprints all over this skills challenge. But I think what kind of really made a lot of the headlines and I personally love to see was the back and forth trash talking between him and Jaden Ivy. Uh, hold Alex. on, let me stop you there. Was it really back and forth? Because I don't feel like Jaden Ivy said I, too I don't much. think, okay. It was not back and forth. <laughs> it was just Matherin. And I'm cool with it because it's like he loves that chip on his shoulder and he just looks at Jaden Ivy's you're the guy that I was really compared to, you know, in my draft class. You're the guy that was picked, you know, above me. And he was saying things like, you can't even guard me in the skills challenge. You can't guard me. And you could see, first time he said it, maybe Jaden thought it was comical, whatever, playful. Then eventually it was like, oh, wow, this guy's really trying to chirp me up right now. And you know what? That's Benedict Matherin right there. No, yeah. So he uh, he gets fouled in the left corner across from where the Pacers bench usually is. And he goes with Dive he goes, and he's mic'd up two for TNT, mm-hmm. which was even yep. better. So he's mic'd up during the segment, Fachi, and he said, even in the Rising Stars game, you can't guard me. And he's smiling the whole time he says it. He says it three times. Mm-hmm. Third time that he said it, Ivy's face turned from a smile to the most 
PO'd face I've ever seen in my life. That dude was ticked. And about two plays later, he like threw down a ferocious dunk Ivy did. And then Matherin comes back and hits him with a step back three in his face. And Matherin gave out the biggest celebration. It was so funny. And so Matherin's like clearly just trying to win this game. Obviously, I think everybody kind of knew like it's Indiana. Let him kind of have this moment. But what was really cool was he gets fouled to win the game. And he bet Paulo Boncaro $25,000 could hit both free throws and he missed them both. Yeah. Yeah. Third yeah. channel is inner Kobe and it, it didn't really work this time. <laughs> so it, it was definitely a fun back and forth. And then when he talked about the, the rivalry after the game, I was really excited about it because, you know, it's one of those things where we don't really see a lot of this very often anymore. And no, that's why don't. it's kind of nice to have a guy like Matherin because look, Jaden Ivey, I wanted him here. I think a lot of people wanted him yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So it, it's probably personal for Matherin, but I think for is. me as an IU fan, I do not like Purdue basketball. So now that I have a Pacer guy going up against a Pistons guy and he's a Purdue guy, I'm all for it. I I am absolutely against Jaden Ivey 110% now that he's on the Pistons. But I think Matherin, at the end of the day, should be counting his blessings that he went sixth instead of fifth because imagine being on the Pistons compared to the Pacers. Yeah. I, I, I truly can't. I feel like, you know, maybe if he's on the Pistons, like maybe his stats are like super inflated, but like, the losing would get to him because this is a very competitive guy. Like when he goes out there, he really talks about wanting to win. And he even said something like, you know, like why why would we go out there and not try and win? Like I want to go undefeated. I won the skills challenge. I won the the rising stars challenge last year. You know, I want to win it again. MVP, you know, obviously we'll get into, you know, this, the skills challenge. Like this guy wants to win. And I, I think that, uh, yeah, it is a blessing that he did get drafted to Indiana because he's being in, He's being put in position to succeed. Yeah, he might not be the starter, and he might not get as many shots as he wants to, but he's being coached the right way. And I think that uh, I think Jay Nivey, you know, could be a little bit jealous looking on, uh, you know, looking at us from the bottom of the standings. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree about that. I mean, it's just it's fun to see the Pacers play the Pistons Thursday, their first game back. I love that. I, I think that's going to make it more special too to be in Gamebridge Fieldhouse too. So. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see how Jaden Ivey comes for that because I do think Jaden Ivey had a great game at the end of last season against Matherin, like the, the season oh, finale for the Pistons-Pacers game. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right, let, let's see what comes of this because Matherin is a dog. And uh, you talk about the skills challenge. I, I thought it was interesting, maybe a little bit too long, right? But I think it was too long. I definitely agree with that statement. But But I enjoyed the Pacers representing so well. Uh, obviously, like Tyrese Halberton said, they could have done a lot better in the shooting shooting part of it. But yeah. the passing, like Miles Turner said, that a fan actually was like Miles grabbed two balls, and so that kind of helped him out a little bit in that uh, in that challenge or whatever part of that part of the the skills challenge, whatever. So I thought that was really cool. But it was just great to see like Tyrese Halliburton had the best dunk, probably. Yeah, he really did of the that. night. That came out of that was a statement. I did not. I didn't know he had that in him. Hey, you know what? They asked him about being in the dunk contest. He was like, no way. That's not for me. Yeah. But definitely felt like all uh, that one dunk that he had in the skills challenge was better than anything Jalen Brown did. So definitely. Uh, I mean, real quick on that. So when we're talking about this dunk, this is Tyrese through the legs off the backboard, catching it and slamming it for the statement to, yeah. to finish off that round. I thought that was way better than Jalen Brown jumping over a five foot three YouTuber who's sitting down. You know, it, it's just Halliburton packed a punch, and you know he's not a 
He's not known for dunks. So truly, I mean, I, I felt he dug deep into his bag for that one because I was not expecting it. And, and I was laughing because Matherin just laid it up. Matherin tried a few different dunks in the skills challenge, or excuse me, in the rookie, uh, the Rising Stars game. I always want to call it the wrong so do thing. I. It's just, I'm used to saying rookie sophomore game. And then yes. I always say, nope, nope, it's not that anymore. And then it's like between Rising Stars and skills challenge. I'm like, ah, geez. <laughs> They all run together, but Matherin tried a few in that Rising Stars game, and he like lost the ball out of bounds. He got stuffed by the rim once, I think. I mean, it was just the windmill slam dunk was bad. I mean, I don't know. Matherin obviously has the toe injury that he's been dealing with, so maybe trying those kind of dunks didn't make a whole lot of sense. But in the in the skills challenge, he just laid it up, which I thought was great. But yeah, I, I love the confidence, and I don't know if you saw the clip where they were interviewing Halliburton, Turner, and Matherin after the mm. uh, the the skills challenge. But Halliburton said that winning that was the best thing so far of All-Star Weekend. He said, I don't know about Ben or not, but Ben said, no, for sure it is. And both Miles and Tyree said, that's cap. <laughs> because exactly. they, like, they clearly on. know him winning the MVP yes. of the Rising Stars game was way more important. Like, we we know Matherin. It's like, it, I, I love his answer, but that is just so not true. Like, he wanted that MVP, and, and I don't blame him one bit. But one yeah. thing, you know, I thought was a little bit funny is when they introduced Benedict Matherin. For, for uh the rising stars game like a lockdown defender Benedict with ice in his Matt. veins it was like where did that come from yeah i mean they're pulling they're pulling at all things there to just give indiana a lot of love i mean i appreciate it but come on now let's be realistic um, No, it's like uh, are we talking about the same guy like you know lo love him but i think you could have went with a little bit of a different description you know like uh anything anything as it relates to scoring the ball or anything but you know what hey interesting words yeah, for sure. So we can move over to the three-point contest, right? And mm -hmm. Tyrese Halliburton, I thought, was pretty good in this one, obviously. Good round one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when they had to go to the tiebreaker round, unfortunately, was the worst of the of the four. Yeah. So he did not get to advance, and it, it was a little bit of a bummer. But, you know, like Tyrese said, it was not his best night, but he's going to continue doing this until he wins and then he'll retire. But I, I don't want to see that. I want to see him continue to just do that but what i was really disappointed in and i understand like you know you want to represent yourself but how cool would it have been if tyrese halliburton would have threw on a gold pinstripes reggie miller jersey oh, the favorite wow. jersey he has and wore that during the three-point contest i feel like he would have won if he would have done that wow I, i'm i'm honestly i'm not making it up and i'm not trying to be that guy i did get goosebumps just now mm. that would have been a statement to to have that reggie jersey i just feel like that's the ultimate tribute. And we've seen plenty of those type of things in like the dunk contest and stuff. But I, I feel like that would have been the move. And mm -hmm. honestly, you know, maybe I was just uh, overconfident in my guy. But I, I felt like Hal Burton was – I just felt like he might win it this year. Because last year, you know, made it to the finals and, and just kind of came out a little bit uh, flat. Um, you know, in that final three, I believe it was him, Buddy, and, and Dame. Um, or not Buddy, but whatever it was. But regardless – uh, he, he looked hot in that first round, but also you had four guys tied at 26. So it's mm. like pretty crazy. He had opportunities. He just missed those two long distance balls. He missed the money ball. It's like th there was a few different shots that, hey, if he hits one of those, it goes in a different direction. But yeah, that would have been awesome from what you said of the pinstripe Reggie jersey. Yeah, it would have been really fun and just really nostalgic. And Reggie Miller would have been losing his mind. You know, Kenny the Jet Smith was driving me absolutely up the wall. Mm -hmm. this entire broadcast. I mean, the fact that he's like rooting against the Pacers actively during the yeah, skills challenge, you know, just crapping all over Indiana. Like he's just an idiot. I'm sorry. Uh, what really ticked me off the most, and I'm just going to go ahead and use this moment to talk about it was 
when we had Steph versus Sabrina and a very competitive three-point contest between the two. Mm-hmm. And shout out to the NBA for bringing on Sabrina Ionescu for uh, this opportunity for her to basically just kind of represent the WNBA and give fans that are you know more of an NBA fan a bigger idea of what the WNBA is like. And for her to go out there and compete with one of the best three-point shooters of all time in, in the NBA and hold her own and only lose by three points. And then for freaking Steven, or excuse me, for freaking Kenny the Jet Smith to get on there and say, oh, she should have shot from the WNBA line. No, dude. You're you're just discrediting everything that she was standing for. Thought it was absolutely disgusting. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm all for women in sports. I think it's great for women. I think it's awesome that women love sports, and I think we need to support more women. But those kind of comments there are what make so many people frustrated. And it's like, I've had enough of Kenny the Jet Smith doing All-Star Weekend. I think it's time he needs to put the mic down and do give it to somebody else because we need people that are actually going to have a good opinion and not just stupid crap like that that's going to ruin a moment. That's one of the most special moments I think I've seen in a long time in NBA All-Star Weekend history. Yeah, that's just such an unnecessary comment because, I mean, let's put things in perspective. She shot she 26 points. That's what she got in that round. 26 points is what... Tyrese Halliburton had in that first round when he was tied with Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns and Dame, like she really did, you know, show up. And the the three point line, it, it is different uh, from the WNBA to to the NBA. I mean, so she's shooting from further range than what she's used to. It's like I thought she was awesome. I mean, Steph looked like he was sweating a little bit going into that because he was probably under a lot of pressure to be like, whoa, like if she wins this, this is like a major major statement. And to your point, she very much held her own. And when I was watching this with my wife, this was the thing that she was excited to see the most. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, I had this on my laptop. We were watching another show, so like I was more paying attention to All Star Weekend. She paused the show that we were watching and was like, "I want to see this." And I was like, "All right, awesome." And it was just uh, she put on a show, and I thought to myself, "I want to see Caitlin Clark do this next year." And yeah. especially, how awesome would that have been? Because obviously, she's. You know, projected to go to the, the fever. It's like that would have been cool to have her there. Obviously, it's it's too premature, but like I I just feel like Sabrina really held her own, and this is actually something that I would like to see a little bit more. But also for Sabrina, I mean, how rough is it that you had to go up against Steph Curry? There's plenty of other uh, uh plenty of other NBA players that she would have beat. So that mm-hmm. says a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with you there. Like, Caitlin Clark's going to be one of the most fascinating players to watch next year in the mm-hmm. WNBA just because of how special she is. Now, she could go back, but come on now. She's not going back. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, she just broke the record for most points in college women's basketball history. So, yeah, she's going to be fine. I just – to me, I was just annoyed by how Kenny Smith acted yeah. about this whole thing. Like, Reggie Miller rightfully just just trashing Kenny on air for his stupid comments, and I love that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the ambassador Reggie Miller is. Like, I get people's frustration with, with Reggie as an analyst because he can get overwhelming sometimes, but, like – at least he stands up for the game. I think he's a big supporter of this era compared to a lot of guys that are like in Reggie's era that always trash on the game. So yeah. that's one thing I like. And, you know, Fachi, this is just an idea that I came up with as we're talking about, like, yeah. what if they do like 4v4 next year for the three-point contest, three NBA versus three, or excuse me, four NBA players versus four WNBA players? Yeah, that, that could be cool. That could be cool. I think maybe or like a little mix and match or something or, you know, I don't know anything of the sort. But uh, I think this was definitely a great, like, the WNBA should be somewhat incorporated in, in this. Like, maybe it's, I don't know, a skills challenge or the three-point. I, I like that. I like that idea a lot because uh, I was obviously familiar with, with Sabrina's game living in the New York area. And she was, she was a stud in college. And uh, 
I, I think that this made me, I immediately, like I said, look to Caitlin Clark because in my opinion, I, I feel like Caitlin Clark is kind of like the Steph Curry of, you know, women's basketball. Like she mm-hmm. can pull up from deep. And I just felt like it's like, whoa, that's someone that needs more shine than just, you know, like the WNBA shine. I feel like All-Star Weekend should incorporate, you know, some WNBA players. And I think that this was a great move by the NBA this year. Yeah, you know who I'd rather see in the three? Uh, I'd rather see Sabrina Ionescu back in the three-point contest against NBA players than never see Malik Beasley in a three-point contest again. Yeah. Couldn't even get all the shots off. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. And I know it's it's different, but, like, Anthony Edwards in the Skills Challenge was like, I'm just going to shoot lefty. And, like, he was bricking him off the side of the backboard. (laughs) And I was just like, what is going – it took me a moment to realize that, that he said that because I was like, what is happening right now? Or, like, this is just completely different, but Scotty Barnes in the skills challenge is just doing a routine dribbling and just, like, dribbles off of his leg. And my wife was like, that guy's in the NBA? I was like, he's actually pretty good, but this is a bad showing. Um, He was terrible a couple years ago in that skills challenge. I forget who he was teamed up with, but he was, like, missing everything. Didn't he airball a layup or something? He did, and, and but it's just, like, just seeing him. And then also, like, it took like two or three players for them to even be able to understand the rules. Like the ref had to get, he had to just keep coming in there and stop and be like, Nope, you didn't go through that, that area. So it's just like, I was like, wow, this is really wonky. I was happy the Pacers went last in that round because they were able to see a lot of players mess up. What about cat having his foot on the line for like a full yeah, round? That that, yeah. I mean, it was how, like, how do they not count those against him? The, the ref looked at him. He acknowledged it, it was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, he like tried to tell him and then just like, didn't care. It's like, Come on, hold them to a certain standard of rules over here. Like it's All Star Weekend, everybody's watching. I will say this: when Cat was making that, those shots, even though his was on the line, like he is a really good shooter. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. It's, he he it, really is. He doesn't really do much, and he just kind of like sits there and is like a real quick release, and he doesn't move his hands like really high in the air. So like, it's it's kind of impressive watching a big guy shoot so well like that. So you know, I was like, man, he is just killing it because I think he went right after Tyrese on the after the tiebreaker. So. Yeah, but it was like, okay, it's what's on the line. Like, how do you not discredit him for that? Because, like, they're making those guys in the skills challenge, like, go back on the other side of the of the cone or whatever you want to call it just to do it correctly in terms of the pathway. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. Same dunk contest to me. Yeah, it it is it was it is what it is. It's it is. hard to really top it. What's done before, right? I don't know what so, they do. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, I thought Mac McClung's first dunk should have been a 50. Yeah. The one that he kind of grabbed off the head, threw it up to himself, then dunked again. I, but then they were like, I don't think that the refs even saw it. Like, they think that maybe it happened too quick that they didn't even get to see that. I, I think I, they discredited him because it took him two attempts. But I was going back and forth with a friend with that. It's like two. Now, if you don't do it in one, that's what the standard is now. Like, if you don't do it. I remember in the past, sometimes guys took three, four times. And, of course, they weren't winning. But, like. I just don't think two dunk attempts is, is it's not that bad. You yeah. obviously get a lot bigger crowd reaction when you do that on the first attempt. No doubt. But I felt like sometimes some of these like judges, like, I don't know, Mac McClung did something and he got like a 46. And I remember that was like 46. Like what? Jalen Brown just kept like skating on by. And I did, I really didn't think that his dunks were, were that good. He was but, the worst of the four. Exactly. But he made it to the finals. I was like, What's happening here? Yeah. I felt like the judges were just being a little bit too harsh because think about it. Like, what really hasn't been done? Like, it, it's tough. Like, there's a lot of like, okay, we're going to jump over this guy. But, like, 
Yeah, when I like I mentioned earlier in the episode, when I saw Jalen Brown jumping over a five foot three guy who's sitting down, it's like, so would you jump over like a, a, a three and a half foot person? Like at that point, like it's it's not that impressive. No, it's not. I mean, the the dunk that he had, like the first one that he had where he did like the Dominique dunk. Yeah. Like that was probably his best one of the four. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was just very boring. Like when Jason Tatum like was out there throwing him the ball and he jumped over, like you said, that YouTuber. Yeah. And he tried doing like the oh hand, you know elbow covering his eyes like D Brown did for the Celtics, but he like dunked it and then did it. I was like, Are he you didn't cover his eyes. It was like you ruined the whole dunk. He didn't even try. He was scared. I'm like, and I thought Jacob Toppin maybe had the best dunk with the between the legs one. Yeah, he kind of got robbed. I felt like he he it would have been a little bit more entertaining to to see him go further. Uh, Jalen Brown just wasn't doing it for me. Uh, and then, like, Jalen Brown's big prop was, like, he's going to put on a glove on his left hand because everybody Michael says. Jackson. Yeah, like, it was, like, well, you know, they, they say that he's also, like, can't go left. I, I don't know. The whole thing, I was like, okay, but that doesn't, like, change the dunk. That's just, like, a like a prop, you know? Um, Paul George and, had a better dunk contest than these guys did. Yep, yep. And uh, I, I just, at least, like, Victor Oladipo. Remember, like, Oladipo didn't, like, turn off the lights when he went out there? Or, like, he put on, like, the Black Panther mask, I remember. Like, it was, like. At least like that's a type of prop that okay is a little bit different. Like put on a glove, like I don't know, it didn't do it for me. Yeah, but, I think Paul George is the one that actually turned the lights off and had okay, the glow on his jersey, and then Oladipo yeah. did the Black Panther. So it was like yep. you're mixing the two. Yeah, yeah. There was just that span where it was just we kept participating in the dunk contest, and you know, it was <laughs> too gimmicky. Stuff. But yeah, and then I thought, uh, uh, you know, Jaime Hawkes is just kind of a little forgettable. Um, you know, overall for Mac McClung, I felt like. This is just his thing. Like, I wonder how many of these he'll participate in because it doesn't seem like he's kind of cracking an NBA roster anytime soon. So this is like his like span of like major relevance. And I, I think that he's definitely taking this very seriously. I think that he's put a lot of thought into this and he's pretty small. I mean, they might list him at six foot, but he's probably like, you know, five, ten and a half, five eleven, probably five eleven or so. So it's like some of the dunks for his height are very impressive. No, no, there's no doubt about it. I was uh I was kind of rooting for him just because like Jalen Brown's dunks like, if Jalen yeah. Brown's dunks would have been good, that could have been really awesome for the all-star, like for the same dunk contest because he is a big name. And I do respect him actually doing it. We talked about that like last week, I think. So mm-hmm. glad he did it, but at the same time I was a little bit disappointed with the results from his dunks. And yeah, it was it was not great from him. So overall, I, I thought it was just kind of wacky. But I will ask you this Lucas Oil Stadium. The LED court fan or not? I liked it. I liked it. Um, I think they were able to, like, for instance, like Jalen Brown, they were able to, like, change the court to, like, a Celtics logo or have, like, you know, all different images. I I thought it was something different, you know? And I think that they're always trying, like, how do we spice up, you know, this type of event? And that is something that they were able to do that made it different. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I know Miles Turner said it was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I thought it was hilarious when they had like the, the starry three point contest and like, it was like a green court mm-hmm. and somebody posted that, that, uh, Seinfeld thing, <laughs> Seinfeld meme when he saw, oh, I know exactly like, what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Cause they did the same thing for the Pacers teal they court. Did. So it made me laugh that they did it for this one too. Yep. Uh, always enjoy that. But no, I think it's really cool. I think the NBA is trying to evolve. Like I saw that crazy AI stuff that Victor Wimbanyama was doing with Adam Silver, and you could like watch the Pacers game in like Spider Man mode and so like that, like the Spider Verse and all that stuff. I'm like, this is kind of getting out of hand, like kind of crazy, yeah. but it's kind of cool at the same time. So 
I have no problem with it. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the league. And, you know, any, any way they can make it cooler and more appealing to fans, I'm all for. I, I think that's what the main draw here is. Like, this is for the fans. Fans pay a lot of money to come to this. Like, I was telling Fachi off air, like, there's tickets for the All-Star game tonight in Gamebridge filled us at the, at the top of the balcony for, like, 500 bucks. That's, like, the cheapest ticket you can get right now to get into the game. And it's like, people are paying a lot of money to watch you guys put on a show. So, like, don't go out there and screw around. Like, you owe it to the fans because they're paying a lot, a lot of money to come out there and support you and watch you and get entertained. So, like, for me, it's like, put on your best effort and don't go through the motions because I know that these guys are tired. It's been a long season, whatever. But, like, this is a huge moment for a lot of people to get eyes on you. So, give it, give it your best shot and, and really make a name for yourself. And I think to your point there, this was a great opportunity to get some good shine for the Pacers. Like, I, I feel like there's like a small amount of people that when they think of the Pacers this year, like, didn't you guys steal that ball from Giannis? And it's like, okay, all right, we've all talked about that a ton of times and like that that night and what happened with that and mix up, blah, blah, blah. This was great for like Matherin getting that that shine of like, oh, wow, yeah, Benedict Matherin. Hey, you know, uh, rising, you know, whatever it is, uh, the MVP of that game, great. You know, I thought for Turner, great experience to be able to be, you know, just recognized with the Pacers. I thought he came out there. He was, you know, letting it fly from three-point land. I remember, hit his first shot on, on that first round. You know, that was great. I thought for Halliburton, he was really featured. I mean, he's on the Woj pot. He's being like he's treated dude. like a megastar right now. And I just can't remember a time that, like, our our franchise guy was being really propped up like this as like a true superstar and that's been awesome to see i hope that he has a good showing in the, in the all-star game because i think that's another really big moment but also being able for him to get to play with the best of the best he got to do it for team usa a bit for under the, uh over the summer he's going to get to do it tonight i hope he gets to have that opportunity later on with actual team usa for the olympics it's just a big opportunity uh for, for this team right now and uh some great shine Absolutely. Well, we'll talk more about stuff that was said on the Woj pod with all the interviews that he's done. Like it's been a gauntlet of, of media. It's like yep. been an Iron Man match for, for Tyrese Halliburton, just constantly being in the media. Like he's on ESPN's broadcast talking about the celebrity game. And then he's jumping over to Gamebridge Philadelphia and he's on TNT's broadcast he's for the rising stars game. He's just everywhere. And it's great for him. I mean, obviously he's enjoying us. I, I loved, I, I think it was Jeremiah Johnson caught up with uh, Tyrese Halliburton's dad, John, interviewed him as they were kind of walking through the building. And John was basically just talking about how Tyrese loves this and how he embraces every single second he can to represent the city. And so, you know, Draymond Green can get on there and crap on the city. You know, guys like Josh Hart can get on there and crap on the city. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Tyrese Halliburton's happy to be here. He said he wants to retire here, and I think that's the most important thing. And Reggie Miller said it. He can win a championship with the Pacers. So I'm uh, I'm sure as a Pacer fan, everyone should be incredibly excited for the future of this team. It's, how could you not? Even Reggie was saying that he feels like, you know, Hal Burden could be one of the guys to really be kind of like the face of the league mm -hmm. in the next few years. I thought that was just some high praise and awesome to hear. And then one thing that we didn't get to coverage, uh, cover is early on, uh, in All-Star Weekend, you know, the Pacers did a great job of bringing back a lot of yes. their franchise greats. It's everything you, me, and plenty of other members of this fan base have asked for. Is like, how do we just, like, strengthen some of those relationships from the past? Like, 
fantastic to see, you know, my guy, Jermaine O'Neal, back out there. And Ron Artest and Roy Hibbert and plenty other Pacers of the past. I, I felt that it was like, almost it felt like my whole childhood was like on that stage and more. And just great to see. Yeah, I mean, and then you had in the in the championship game of the uh, the Rising Stars game, Detlef Shrimp versus Jalen Rose coaching, yeah. right? So it was just a lot of former guys. And I, and I think, Fachi, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it or not, but Jermaine O'Neal did a 33-minute interview on the radio here with Quarry and Company. Uh, I think it was on Friday that aired at around 1 o'clock, but there's probably a podcast for it. So if anybody was busy on Friday, didn't get a chance to listen to it, I highly recommend it. It was a very I, good... I gotta listen to that. Yeah, he and he was just unfiltered, just talked about a lot of different stuff. And, you know, one of the cool stories about Jermaine was just the fact that he didn't really have a father figure growing up and his dad came into his life, I think when he was like 30 years old. And then, you know, basically instead of his dad, like he was, he was actually ready to meet his dad, kind of embrace his dad. But then his dad basically was just like, what can you do for me, Jermaine? You're, you're an NBA millionaire, you know? And it yeah. wasn't like a, what can I do for you since I've abandoned you for 30 plus years? It was, what can you do for me? And I thought, you know, that really just hit Jermaine kind of hard. Mm -hmm. So it kind of explains a little bit more of like, who Jermaine O'Neal is as a person, everything that he had to come uh, overcome and go through. So I uh, I really enjoyed that. There's a lot more in-depth conversation on that. So I think you'll get a kick out of that. But they reminisced about his first All-Star game and playing with Michael Jordan. So, yeah, I think that if anybody hasn't had a chance to listen to that, that is one you won't want to miss. And then a lot of people were really hyping up uh, Halliburton on the Woj, Woj pod and being out there at the Vogue and Broad Ripple being able to see him there. I know that I've had friends that have been able to go do some of these all-star experiences and take pictures with these Pacer greats. So yeah, it's, it's just a really cool special thing happening in the city. And Fachi, I'm going to say it now. Now is a perfect time to bring in the Pacers ring of honor next year. Let's just do it. it really it's uh, it's, it's a really cool thing. And worst part about all-star weekend, Rick Carlisle's not here. He's uh visiting family right now. So he was not able to be there for the all-star festivities, but his brother was actually at the game in Toronto. So Pretty cool stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, obviously it would have been great for for Rick to be there. And I know, uh, you know, when they were honoring all those Pacers, obviously you know, Reggie Miller was busy working. I felt like obviously it's hard to honor all these Pacers when you, without Reggie, you know, Mister Pacer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's a couple guys I would have loved to have seen. You know, hey, I, I don't know what this franchise relationship is with Danny Granger. Obviously, it doesn't seem that there's a strong one. But Granger is just someone when I think of like my childhood as a Pacer fan. Ugh, I want to see him back just affiliated with this organization in some sort of way. But mm. I feel that Indiana put on a show from, you know, all-star weekend, uh, you know, standpoint, I thought that the players got a lot of shine. I thought it was just seemed that, you know, just uh, uh, the, the building, just, you know, Lucas oil stadium, everything like that just felt like great vibes. And uh, yeah, jealous from watching from a TV perspective. I was like, man, ah, I would have loved to have been there, but uh, I, I think that they, they very much did put on a show. Absolutely, Pachi. So my last question for you. What do you got? You said you were watching this on, on your phone or your laptop? Last night. Yeah. yeah. What show was taking precedent over NBA All-Star Weekend? <laughs> so I finally, after years, got my wife into Sopranos. Um, it's, I, it's my third time okay. going around. Uh, we've really been hooked. We've been crushing like two episodes a night. So I was like, all right, you know what? Hey, there, let's... Uh, try and squeeze it in i'm going to be traveling for a couple days out on a work trip so i want to do the, the best of both so i had the all-star weekend pulled up my laptop we had sopranos on the tv what, what season are you guys in we just finished season five last night so we got okay 
technically one more season, but it's pretty much two seasons in one for season six. Uh, she was very anti-Sopranos, pretty much anti-any action movie. She's a big, big-time Disney fan, so it's really got to be almost like a, an animated, uh, you know, keeping it light. So this is very much stepping outside her box. So the fact that she likes the show, I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. That is an understatement, her being a Disney fan. Yes, she is. it is. A diehard. Uh, diehard, big time. For, for me, Fachi, so a couple of weeks ago, my wife had some surgery, so she's been off recovering. And during that time, she's she's back to work now. She went back to work Friday, so she's she's doing good. But uh, during that time, she discovered an old 19, uh, 1980s show, Murder, She Wrote. And so we have been watching that <laughs> every once in a while. And uh, that's one of our like shows we've been watching together. So it's really funny for me because I'm just like, okay, I'm not like a huge fan of it, but... It's not that bad, so I'll watch it with her. And I've been predicting who I think the killer is at the end of each episode. And so, so far, I am four for four with predicting really? who it is. I uh, I said, I think it's that person based on what they said. Like, you, they always give it away just a little bit with how they kind of say something. I'm sure. They try to play it off as, like, not important. But, like, you can definitely tell, like, okay, that's a, that's a huge, like, oh, that's easy to predict. So I'm four for four right now. My wife is kind of stunned <laughs> that I'm so good at predicting it. But and a natural you know, talent. Maybe I should be a detective, Fachi. Maybe, maybe. Well, uh, hey, you know, I this read is the tea the, leaves. Yeah, no, it, it's hey, you, you've uh, you've done well with that, and uh, I'll have to maybe have to check that out sometime. I, you know, I nineteen eighties. Uh, you know, anytime you watch anything from the past, you sometimes you can just be like, oh my god, some of this is just so cheesy, or you know, maybe yes. this wouldn't fly today, or anything of the sort. But uh, I'm sure that's got to be a good blast from the past. I mean, the funniest part about this is this is like a woman in her 50s lost her husband and she lives in like Cape Cod, Maine or whatever it is. And so she's basically just like uh, Massachusetts, excuse me. She's uh, she's just like going around and basically like helping the cops solve cases and stuff like that. But like she'll just enter a crime scene and just start touching everything. I'm like, what in the world is happening here? That is like tampering with evidence. Like what is like she? <laughs> there's just like no rules. There's no precedent. To it. I just like start laughing. It's so funny to me. Like how it is so unrealistic oh yeah how it happens but it's a it's an entertaining show i won't lie like uh uh it's it's a good one i mean if, if you're into 80s tv shows i mean i'm a good i'm a sucker for some reruns and stuff like that you know uh as you are too watching the sopranos so oh yeah yeah uh, i'm a big but, 90s tv show guy you know yeah gotta, fresh prince no. boy meets world boy meets world was the definition of my childhood that's the show Topanga, that i grew first up crush on. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, Topanga was, I think, pretty much everybody's first crush. I mean, hard, hard not to crush on Topanga. It, it, exactly. I mean, just a '90s icon. But that show was so many lessons could be taught in in that show, and uh, I just feel like it has a little bit of something for everybody. Honestly, kind of getting the itch to to watch that right now. But uh, I'll see if I could fight it off. I have seen that show quite a few, uh, you know, times over and over again. But you can never go wrong available on disney plus if you'd like to see that before taylor swift's concert comes on disney plus so oh. uh, i don't know if you guys saw how much money they paid for that but it was like 300 some million dollars i think for, for the concert the rights to that yeah i think so something crazy i don't know this is getting crazy my wife just told me that taylor swift's putting out pretty much the same album but it's got one new song on it coming out mm -hmm. so now like she feels obligated to like buy the vinyl on this and i'm like this is crazy this girl is just making money left and right by like re-recording some of the songs that she had in the past. And, and I'm just like, oh my God, everything is a money grab, but her fans are diehard. Yeah, it's something like the Tortured Poets something. I, I, I feel bad that I can't remember what it is. But 
it it'll be a good album. We'll see what it's about. Obviously, she just went through a big breakup before she got with Travis Kelsey, and now there's talks. Uh, uh, there's talks about them getting married after the the Eras tour. So we'll see what happens. But you know, we always have time to squeeze in some Taylor Swift here at the end of the show. But somehow, somehow. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Everybody, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back with some more stuff. Hopefully going to land you guys a pretty big guest this week. We'll, we'll keep you updated on that. But, Fachi, before we uh, sign off here, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPod, STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPod, STP. You can find us on Facebook, Set the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Set the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you won't find this episode on YouTube, but you can find other episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast. We'd love for you guys to subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please Hit us up with a five-star rating and review. Yes, we ask for it at the end of every episode because we want to hear from you. We want to see this show continue to grow. So, Fachi, with that being said, if you're glad the Pacers represented us well at All-Star Weekend, then hit me with those three words. Let's go, Pacers!